Hello and welcome to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I am your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your... Hello, you guys, and welcome back to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. Today's episode is going to be really taking a deep dive into non-toxic living with the interview that I did with Catherine at In On Around. She's amazing, and I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about what we are going to be talking about, but um, Catherine's the founder and CEO of In On Around LLC, so that's a place where she helps women take control of what goes in, on, and around their bodies through holistic well-being. She is an A-certified personal trainer with a background in animal and food science, food safety, policy and quality, and she's also a part-time master's student at Harvard University. At and on around, um, Catherine empowers women of all ages to live their happiest and healthiest life through simple yet impactful product swaps. She educates consumers on why it's important to make these non-toxic changes through her blog, shop, ebook, and social media information. Catherine dives into what goes on in and around your body, everything from organic food to personal care products, radiation, friendships, and more, all with a focus on getting back to nature, keeping things simple, and limiting toxic exposure. And that's exactly what we talk about today. We talked about more so personal care products, I feel, but we did talk a lot about organic and things that can be found in our food and just kind of giving you guys some tangible tips that you can walk away from to make more non-tox swaps in your daily life. And I think that these swaps really do add up over time. They don't have to be super daunting or just overwhelming. They can just be something that now that you are learning these things, you can make better changes because I'm just, again, all about informed consent. And we know better, we can do better. And when you have this information on what swaps you can make, you can just make better choices for you and your family. So I'm excited to get in today's episode. She's a really great account to follow on social media, so you should follow her at in on, at in on around, and she's great. And she posts a lot of a lot of really really great content on swaps that you can make. She's got a blog and ebook and website and everything, so you guys can check that out too. But I'm excited for you to hear our conversation and really walk away with some tangible and empowering tips that you can make to start adding into your lifestyle. And I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am interviewing Catherine Cabano. So I'm just so excited to have you here, Catherine. So tell us a little bit about you, yourself, your purpose, kind of like what landed you here in this space of being so passionate about non-toxic living. I think it was your post on the two-thirds of cancer is due to environmental toxins. I saw that and I was like, yes, yes, (laughs) I need to connect with this girl. And I just, I love what you post. So tell us a little bit about you and, you know, your background, how you got here, all that kind of stuff. I would love to. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. And I really love talking, especially to a fellow New Yorker about holistic health. Where in New York are you? I'm in Long Island, but I have my family's upstate. Oh my gosh, where up? Where so upstate? So they're um, upstate near like Saratoga. I know you're closer, probably oh, to, cool. to Rochester. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very. That's very cool. Yeah. I. I actually probably the more I would have listened, the more I would have realized that you were probably like Long Island from your accent. But very cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, Saratoga no, no. is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Very so fun. I can I can dig into my um, background a little bit. So um, I founded In On Around to help women pretty much as the name states, take control of what goes in, on, and around their bodies. Um, So my background, I'm an ACE certified personal trainer. And then um, I also have a background in animal and food science and food safety. Um, And I'm also currently a part-time grad student at Harvard. So that's been keeping me very busy, uh, but I love it. What are you studying? Uh, I'm getting a master's in management. So hoping that the program will help me be able to push this information out further uh, and continue to grow in on around. Awesome. That's amazing. How are you even navigating all that? 
It's uh, it's a lot of time management, but with anything, you know, it's just taking it as it comes. And uh, I've been meeting a ton of great people. I've been challenging myself. And uh, yeah, it's definitely kept me busy during the pandemic, which I am thankful for. Um, but I've been absolutely loving it. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. So what, what got you interested in this space? You know, I mean, I feel like we all kind of have mm-hmm. a reason why we're drawn to non-toxic living or, you know, motivated in some fashion. So what was that for you? Right. Yeah. So growing up, I was always very active. I played soccer and volleyball. And um, when I went to college, I started to, you know, really struggle with um, digestive issues and just not feeling 100% and being fatigued all the time. Uh, You know, very common for people who are left home and their their routine has changed, um, their eating habits have changed. And of course, you get, you know, the classic oh, you have IBS. Oh, there's nothing really you can do. Blah, blah, blah. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. So where do we leave off? (laughs) (laughs) So I can, I can dig into, uh, my background on kind of why, um, why in on around, you know, interested me in the holistic health space in general. Um, you know, when you get to college, you, you, you're off your routine, you have a new eating habit, you're out of home. And then um, it's common for a lot of people like myself to have, you know, digestive issues. And then you get the IBS diagnosis. And then they say like, oh, well, there's nothing really you can do. It's just lifestyle. But then you learn about how many toxin exposures you have on a daily basis and how those can really impact, you know, your well-being long term. Um, And I would say about seven or so years ago, um, I, I started to become, I called it flexitarian and mm-hmm. I've, I've always loved animals and I do it for, for animal welfare and ethical mm-hmm. reasons. Um, but then I started, you know, really promoting the plant-based organic nutrition and just getting more into like clean, non-toxic beauty products. And I know that you mentioned my, <laughs> my Instagram post from a couple of weeks ago, which said that, you know, two thirds of all cancer cases are caused by environmental toxins. And that's directly from the NIH. So that's not like I'm just pulling it out of out of thin air. But that's everything from your diet to how much alcohol you're drinking to UV exposure and air quality, um, medication use, you know, the list goes on pretty much everything that's going in on and around your body. Right. It's so important. I mean, and I don't think that people realize all of these things and how they add up and we all have that toxic bucket. And so like, what was that epiphany for you when you were going through your journey and you were like, oh, wow, this is probably affecting me or, you know, because I I feel like it wasn't really mainstream. It's still not even mainstream, but I feel like now there's a lot of people who are on a non-tox journey because they're seeing, oh my gosh, I, I'm learning about all these things. And there's people, you know, in our space who are really educating about it. But I feel like, you know, even when I think about when I got into a few years ago, people were like, oh, well it's, you know, I'm buying it in the store, so it must be safe. Right. And that could not be further from the truth. Really could not be further from the truth. You're so right. Yeah. I, I also feel like you don't completely know how, well, you should feel until you start limiting these toxins. And then you realize, wow, I, I've been feeling pretty cruddy for the past couple of years until it's like, oh, well, I'm making a simple switch with even just my beauty products and their cleaner ingredients. And, you know, maybe my skin's not as sensitive or I'm switching to like organic snacks or organic food and, you know, oh, I'm not as bloated or um, you just feel better the less that you're exposed to these toxins. And a lot of people are just stuck in this routine or, you know, how they've been raised to think. Um, But with education really comes power. And that's why I'm so passionate about holistic health and what you're doing and what really the industry as a whole is doing. Um, Because the whole purpose is, is on health. It's on health care and not sick care. And we're not waiting really until there's a problem. We're waiting we're doing it before that there's a problem, you know, we're being preventative um, and we're being proactive. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think for a lot of people, 
whether it's food or products, when they start to learn what is in all of these things, I think a lot of people become overwhelmed, right? And I think, I mean, I mentioned vegetable oils a lot because that's the first thing I pretty much address when I'm working with patients or clients is, okay, we have to just think about, you know, your inflammatory burden and, you know, we have to think about vegetable oils because that's pretty much in everything. And I'm like, do you, and they're like, well, I don't cook with it. I said, I know you don't cook with it, but turn around your cereal, turn around, you know, certain products that you have. And I want you to let me know how much of it you're consuming. And then I'll get a message or email from them. And they, they'll be like, oh my God, I literally have it in everything in the pantry and everything that I eat every day. And I'm like, I know. And they f- start to feel really overwhelmed. And right. And I totally get that. And I think that with any journey, whether it's any non-tox journey of trying to just get better food products, trying to get better personal care, it's really not about overwhelming yourself, but it's just about taking this information that you are listening to and learning about from my profile, her profile, and various other integrative practitioners and functional practitioners who just want to put this information out. But what tips do you have for people who who find all this like very overwhelming and sometimes stressful because I think we can both relate to that, you know, like we're going probably through it with our own journey. It seems like there's like everything that needs to be swapped once you learn, but um, what do you have to say to people who feel overwhelmed? No, it's a, that's a great question. And this might be somewhat of a long-winded answer because I have a lot of tips, but um, in terms of overwhelm, you know, you can just scroll on Instagram for five minutes and you'll see a ton of conflicting health information and, you know, it, it will feel like a lot. But of course, the purpose of what I've been teaching and promoting is that we're trying to take control of what we can control, um, but we can never control everything. And it would be impossible. It would be unhealthy, really, to try to strive to control everything. That's not the point. The, the point of, you know, of learning is really just to continue to grow. The science is always evolving. Try to keep track of, you know, what those changes are. But you also don't have to make changes in your day-to-day lifestyle all at once. Focus on, you know, the next time you go to the store, just get a slightly cleaner product or, you know, grab for the apple that's organic than the one that's not. And just focus on getting 1% better every single day. Um, and I, I really like to promote the 80-20 kind of lifestyle where, you know, 80% of the foods that I eat, they're mostly organic, plant-based. They're very consistent with my routine on what makes me feel um, optimal and, and my best self. But then the 20%, you know, you're giving yourself some flexibility to just live a little and to celebrate with friends and to just, you know, not constantly stress about health all the time. Um, And I think that's also a very important point because most things in extreme, they do not serve you. Uh, Even exercise, you know, if you're you're exercising too much, that'll wreak havoc on your um, on your hormones. Yep. But in terms of the overwhelm, that's, you know, one of the tips I would also say that it doesn't have to be expensive. Um, Most, you know, most things, they're completely free. Go outside on a walk, you know, turn on a free YouTube video and and sweat it out. And, you know, which is one of the best things that you can do for your health and completely free. Uh, Go outside, soak up the sun when you can, you know, in moderation, of course. Mm -hmm. And, you know, go take off your shoes, go grounding. you know, getting high quality sleep and getting enough, uh, like seven to nine hours of sleep every night. There are so many things that you can do that are not expensive that will improve your well-being. And I guess a third tip that I would add on to that, um, I would say if it's overwhelming when you're looking at all of these different marketing claims and, um, you know, a lot of these marketing claims are not regulated. So I I do love the term non-toxic, but that is not a federally regulated term. Exactly. And neither is clean, neither is safe or uh, natural. And really the, the FDA or the government, they're, they're not requiring approval or testing uh, before these cosmetics are going on the market. So pretty much anyone can just make a skincare line and put it on the market. Yeah. Um, the same thing it, with supplements too. Anyone can make right. a supplement. Um, and I, you see it with food, you see it with skincare, you see it with there's so many, let's talk about greenwashing for a second. Cause that's, I right. feel like incredibly important. And that's, I think 
why people get so confused, right? I think of all these brands that they make it look so clean. They make it like these really bright and, you know, nature looking packages. And then you turn it around and you're like, what is this crap? How can I even say that? But to your point, there's no regulation around any of that. Right. Exactly. You know, some brands will just throw on a bunch of green leaves and whatnot on their package to make it seem natural and safe. But um, you always, always have to look at the ingredient label. Um, and this is not just for food and for personal care items. It's it's even for like kitchen items and cleaning products. Yeah. Um, the marketing claims, they're really not put on the product to give you the full picture. They're, they're put on the products to sell it. Um, so they're intending to, you know, guide the customer to say, oh, yes, this is safe. I'm going to buy it for my family. But most of those terms that they're using, they hold very little meaning. So if you're seeing like even BPA free on a plastic container, that really doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean much. It doesn't make it safe. They're just replacing that BPA with BPS or BPF or, you know, other alternatives, which can be linked to the same health issues or even worse. So this is why it's so important to know what you're looking for, know when to spot greenwashing, because um, it could be just a simple switch. You know, you re- recognize BPA, free plastics, still not safe. Let's just switch to glass food containers or stainless steel. It doesn't have to be, you know, anything crazy, but just knowing what to look for when you're shopping. Totally, totally. So what are some things that people can look for that they can kind of help what are some tips to help people read through greenwashing? Like what are some of like your go-to ingredients? I know that for me, fragrance is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously plastics, BPA, right? But to your point, just because it says BPA free, like I think of all the blender bottles. Blender right. bottles that are BPA free are just as bad because there's other bisphenols, right? There's BPF and there's all these other different types of bisphenols that are just not BPA, right? but they are now being found to do the same type of harm. So what are, if people are to like, if they were to write a list, everybody get out your notebook or get out the notes thing on your phone. And then what, and we'll kind of go through some different ingredients that you really want to just be mindful of and watch out for these, even in quote unquote, clean brands. Right. There's definitely so much to look for. And this is why I wrote my ebook. Um, I call it, I called it the Clean Beauty Checklist, and I broke down 68 different ingredient classes um, to avoid in personal care products. And it's a 40-page guide on what to avoid, and I have 19 that additional pages on um, studies that were referenced. But to do a, a quick and dirty version of that, you know, when you're looking at personal care products, like you said, the fragrance. There can be over 3,000 ingredients packed into that one word fragrance, and they're not required to disclose what's in there. They say it's because of trade secrets, you know, <laughs> maybe it is, maybe it's not. But I personally always want to know what I'm putting on my skin, and I think that everyone should have that right. So if you see fragrance and the brand is not disclosing what's in that fragrance, ditch it. Do not buy it. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, same thing with on the top and the front of the pack, if you see safe or clean or non-toxic, always turn that bottle around and look. Because if there's ingredients that, you know, you don't think are safe, I would not buy it. And this is really where brand loyalty comes into play. And mm-hmm. uh, I do really support companies that are fully trans- transparent. Um, you know, if you're having a hard time getting in contact with the brand, and you have a question about an ingredient that they're using, or if they're using like a misleading marketing claim, uh, there are a ton of other brands that you can support. And -hmm. not just for personal care products, but if you're looking, uh, I guess more so in the around category of in on around, I talk about like textiles and even furniture and off-gassing. This is where looking for very reputable brands, Reputable certifications, I should say, like Ocotech certified fabrics or um, the Global Organic Textile Standard or the Global Organic Latex Standard, um, 100% certified organic. These are these great certifications that are well-respected and what you should look for. And I also really love that 
these certifications are really popping up in big box stores um, nowadays, like Walmart and Target, which is great because it's, you know, giving it to the public, whether they know it or not, they're getting safer fabrics and safer clothing. And what is, so you, we want to look for organic, um, if possible, what are, what are some brands that you know offhand that people might want to look out for, especially in terms of furniture? Cause that's, I mean, that's really important with the off-gassing and, you know, we think of mattresses and all of these different types of things. So what are, what are some brands in particular that people can look out for, you know, in their, in their local stores? It really will depend on your store. Um, I mean, there's a ton of different brands online and I have a shop on my page where I um, recommend some of these brands, but I would focus less so on the brand and more so on the certifications because if, if a brand has a certification, that means that they've passed their standards. Um, For instance, I was looking at like mattresses, I think last year, and you do have to be careful about certain certifications because some of those certifications are actually owned by the mattress manufacturers, which is just crazy to me. So that ties into the whole greenwashing aspect where, you know, they can throw on these certifications in the front, but looking for the the real ones, the Okotex, the Gots, the Gulls, um, the cert- 100% certified organic, that's what you need to look for. Love it. Love it. What type of, we're actually in the hunt for getting a new mattress and we're thinking of going, we're thinking of doing an avocado. What do you use for mattress? I got one actually from a local um, mattress store on Long Island and it's 100% certified organic and um, got certified, but if I didn't go with them, uh, I would 100% go with Avocado. They have cool. a, they yeah, they have a great list of certifications, and and their the quality of their mattress is just exceptional. I've heard well, great things about them. Yeah, I have too. And you know, we've had this one was actually, this one has been around for a while, and so by the time we had it, hopefully, like it wasn't as off gassing as much anymore because. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but we, we definitely want another one. Like that's probably the next thing in our house that we can, that we can off gas, but okay. So we're talking about organic mattresses. Let's dive into just what organic means and like how things that are sprayed, i.e. cotton, whether it's mattresses or I use organic cotton pads for my face that I'll use for my toner, you know, because all these things are bleached, deodorized, sprayed. Let's dive into just the effect of organic and why that's important if you can manage to get it. Right. Definitely. So why organic pretty much is your question. First of all, it's uh, no GMO. It's better for the environment. Uh, they're not using synthetic pesticides like glyphosate, um, you know, which I, as you know, is incredibly controversial. Yeah. Um, and I it, definitely want to talk about that next too, because I loved your post on the Bears Monsanto. And the, I mean, I think that's only scratching the surface and I right. still think it'll be sprayed on food, but anyways, keep going. <laughs> right. Um, on top of you know, the glyphosate, the uh, organic farming, it enhances the soil fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in foods, they're not using the artificial flavoring or the colors or the preservatives. It's you're really just getting the best of the best. But keep in mind, just because it's organic doesn't mean that it's healthy. If you're right. still looking for food um, that's organic, always turn around the to see the ingredient label because you have to read the ingredients to know what's actually in the product. But Going back to um, like organic and mattresses and off-gassing and all of that, this is where these endocrine disruptors are really coming into play. And as you know, the endocrine disruptors, these are the chemicals that are actually mimicking or like impacting our our hormones in the body. And they're pretty much disrupting this endocrine system, which is really essential for reproductive health, uh, for developmental health, and even immune health. but these endocrine disruptors, they're contributing to pretty much our world's decline in fertility, which mm-hmm. is, this is a very serious issue that, you know, we as a population need to start caring about. Um, just to name a, f- a few facts that I came across, the sperm count has fallen 50% from 1973 to 2011. That is just absolutely insane. 
And that comes from a, a meta study from uh, the human reproduction update in 2017. But with that rate, it's estimated that half of all men, they will have no sperm, 0% by 2045. Just let that, let that sink in for a second. That is absolutely insane. And these endocrine disruptors, you know, they're impacting women's fertility. They're contributing to our infertility rate. Um, our fertility rate every single year is dropping 1%. Same thing with testosterone levels. And then the miscarriage rate is going up um, 1% every year. So th this is not just happening to us. It's happening because of what we're surrounding ourselves with. Are we using organic? Are we using toxins in our everyday products? Are, you know, the, the furniture that we have, is it off-gassing um, around us constantly? These are things that we need to consider. And, you know, if women are using... I believe the Environmental Working Group said like 168 chemicals every day on our bodies. Um, if we're using 168 chemicals on our body and, and men would use about half of that at 85, that is a lot of chemical exposure every single day. I mean, well, think about it, especially for men. They're simple, but the, like it adds up quickly. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash. Okay. Fragrance, fragrance, fragrance. Parabens, parabens, parabens. Right. The endocrine disruptors, endocrine disruptors. And then they put on their aluminum-based deodorant. And then, I don't know, maybe they spray some cologne. Maybe they put some beard oil on with fragrance. I mean, they're, they're more simple, but at the same time, they're still loaded with crap. And then we think of females and then we've got makeup and we've got the heavy metals that are in our eyeshadow and our lipstick. And I mean, right. it really breaks my heart to see all the people struggling with fertility because... I see a lot of it and it really does break my heart and it would be negligence on my part to not speak to them about toxins in their environment. And I think a lot of women, like when you are trying to get pregnant, I can't speak on personal experience, but from the people that I work with, they will literally do whatever it takes to help their hormones. But the problem is, is we can't just quick fix it right when you want to try to conceive. I mean, these are things that we should be addressing long before. Um, I mean, and then we can even, you can even go down the route of look at all of the different chemicals that we are exposing to the baby through the placenta. I mean, what, I forget the right. exact number off the top of my head, but I mean, it's important. It's important for mom to be in a good place. It's important for dad to be in a good place so that it can impact when you do, when, and if you do get pregnant, a really healthy baby. And like, we just think now, unfortunately we do just live in a more toxic world there's, you know, between the glyphosate and the personal care products and the amount of products that people use, there's a makeup and lotion and potion and all of these things for everything. And then we haven't even gotten into cook. Like there's just so many things. So I always tell right. people, break it down to simplicity and swap out what you can, because I'm sure as we're saying this, people are like, their brains are jumbled and they're like, oh my God, like, right. what am I even going to change out? But it's just, it's just super important. Whenever you run out of something, you just want to change it for something better. You, you know, you and you and your partner, like it's, it's equally as important for both of you. Right. And it was really hard for me to get my husband on a clean deodorant that he liked. I was on him for it for a really, really long time. And he's like, I can't, he's like, Haley, I'm dealing with people. I cannot smell. And I was like, okay, one last one, try this one. And he has been golden. He really likes the primarily pure charcoal one. He loves that one. Nice. I love that. Yeah. And, and to your point on, you know, feeling overwhelmed and everything like that, it is overwhelming. But like you said, take it step by step. And that's why people like us or health coaches or, you know, nutritionists and naturopaths, we're really the accountability partner that a lot of these people are looking for. And a lot of times when you, you know, go and see your doctor, you don't traditionally get the chance to walk through every single step or this is my day-to-day -day routine. This is what I do every single day. This is what I eat. This is what I use for my, my beauty products. You don't necessarily do that. So you need sometimes help. And that's where we come in um, to help educate you and just share the science um, and share what we're learning along the way. And I love to live by the quote, um, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Mm -hmm. And I have that marked up in my office here, because if you don't have a plan mapped out on how you're actually going to accomplish those goals, like 
you're really going to have a very hard time reaching them. So how are you going to eat healthier? How are you going to exercise more? What exact ingredients are you going to cut out of your beauty, beauty routine? I mean, in my, my ebook, 68 different ingredient classes, that's a lot. But if you don't have a plan, how are you going to get to your goal? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of want to, I want to backtrack a little bit because I know you talk a lot about sustainability with the environment and like how organic impacts that. And this is something that even I've noticed locally. Um, actually, one of my patients who I see in office, he works for like a herbicide pesticide company and he's, he's very, he wants to get out of the field cause he know how it's affecting him. But he tells me all these like fun little dirty secrets. And he says, one of the things that you told me is like about sweet corn. And he said, he said, you will tell if the corn, the corn, the only way it won't be organic is there will be a bunch of holes in it because worms would have gotten in there. Worms already might be in there, but you'd cook them out. But otherwise Corn is like one of the most heavily sprayed things. And people think they're doing a good thing going and picking up a bunch of sweet corn. And like, it's just incredibly sprayed with crap. And even my dad said last week that one of his customers has a farm and his customer came in and was like, yeah, I just sprayed the absolute heck out of my corn. And my dad's like, that's disgusting. I'm never eating that again. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. No, and the the whole organic issue and you know, pesticide issue in a whole, it's, that in itself is overwhelming too. But Mm -hmm. um, this is why I promote living predominantly organic because Mm -hmm. um, while it's not perfect and still better, right. It's still very, very good. And I don't know, I don't really understand the argument where people say like, oh, why would I buy organic? There's still some pesticide residue because, you know, glyphosate has been so heavily used that it's in our rainwater, which that is scary. But would you still, would you opt for the one that has more pesticides or less pesticides? <laughs> I think the option is pretty clear that you should opt for the one with less pesticides. Right. Um, it's probably more evolution. I mean, obviously, evolutionarily wise, we wouldn't really have had any, but at least you're cutting down on that exposure and you're filling up your bucket less and less. And then if you think about it, okay, these pesticides and herbicides, what do they do? They are designed to kill things. They kill bugs. They kill insecticide. They kill insects. They kill than the animals that eat those things. And so it's exactly, it's like a downstream effect on how it's not only impacting our health, but how it's impacting the health of our soil, the health of our environment, you know, and and that's, you know, I mean, I eat meat, so I, but I, I still care about the environment and I still care about sustainability. And I mean, that's incredibly important. And I don't know, I just, I see these people who have no problem shipping, you know, their organic or their non-organic crap from wherever in the country, but then they complain that, I don't know, it just, it could be a double-edged sword sometimes, but. Right. um, I actually found uh, when I was writing an article on, on glyphosate and the history of glyphosate, um, there was an EPA study that was released last November in 2020. And it, it showed that glyphosate is likely to injure or kill 93% of endangered plants and animals. And that's over 1600 species. For that reason alone, why is it still being used? And I know that, you know, it's being rolled back a little bit, which is, is great in terms of being sold directly to the consumer, but it's still being sprayed on our food. And it's still in our rainwater. Let's talk about that for a second. The the Bayer Monsanto, how they are going to recall it from the shelves. I don't think that that means that it's being recalled from our, from being sprayed on our food. No, it's, it's not being recalled from um, like commercial use or being sold to farmers. It's, it's being phased out uh, by 2023 in the lawn and garden market. So that, that in itself is, it's a good step forward. Um, You know, you can't just go then to like what was our Home Depot and pick up your weed killer. There are definitely better options to kill weeds than with glyphosate, um, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. they're still going to be sending it to or selling it to farmers. It's still going to be in our food supply. Exactly. Um, this is why you know eating organic is so important. And I know that this is where the concern about expenses comes in. And I, I can completely understand that. And eating organic. Um, when you can, where you can. But mm-hmm. if it's out of your price range, 
focus on the environmental working groups, Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. Mm -hmm. So you can focus on the ones that are, you know, dirty or that are more heavily sprayed. Um, or you can go to like a local farmer's market if that's available to you. Uh, most of the time you can find pretty affordable local produce there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I picked up, oh God, like... I picked up three organic zucchini, a dollar a piece. I mean, you can't beat that. And they're ginormous. I mean, it's like the size of my arm. Uh, And they're local and more sustainable. Exactly. And they're fresher, like more fresh because they're just picked. They're from farm to my table. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, I truly think that that's the most one sustainable, two economical, three healthy way that we can eat. Absolutely. As local as possible. And you know what? There are people at the farmer's markets at certain ones who still will spray their food. And so I ask, like, especially if it's peaches, berries the other day, I mean, a lot of the ones near us, they'll say a lot of them, it's actually great. A lot of them say we don't spray or we're pesticide free or, you know, they, they advertise it, but then for stands that don't, I picked up lettuce and they didn't have anything out there. And I, I just said, do you guys spray your lettuce? And he's like, he looked at me, he's like, no, why would we do that? And I'm like, okay, just making sure like how much of this, <laughs> you know, but it, I just That's tell great. people to ask because if you don't ask, Right. You don't know. I mean, and it's nice because I've turned away things before. I've turned away many stands where I say, did you guys spray your peaches or do you guys spray your strawberries? And they say, yeah, we do when we have to. And I said, okay, no problem. No, no, thank you. And I just feel like it's, that's me voting with my dollar. I am not choosing, not that I by any means want to do harm to their farm. I, cause I don't, but I'm just hoping that maybe decisions like that will kind of make people realize, oh, do people not want that? I mean, we were at, we were at a, um, we were at a member guest dinner for my husband's golf tournament. And I asked, they asked what kind of wine. And I said, where's your wine from? And they said, the only wine that we have down here is California. And I said, do you have any wine from Europe? And they said, no. And I said, oh, I won't drink the California wine because they spray their grapes really heavily. And they just looked at me and I'm like, and that's how change gets made. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yep. Shopping with your dollar, just being a conscious consumer um, because brands hear us. They hear they're making change and they're, you know, providing us with more organic um, options or, you know, safer, cleaner beauty products. Uh, Some of which, you know, greenwashing, but the more that we speak our minds, the more we put it out into the universe, the the more that they're going to hear, because that's where the money is. Um, And you, you, you know, they're going to want our money. So it only makes sense to just continue to ask for um, safer products. And honestly, that's, it's just a human right. You should know what is in your products and what you're putting on your body. Oh, definitely. And I, I even see that with some of the bigger brands. Uh, like I know Tresemme just came out with a, with a shampoo conditioner that's sulfate free. And I don't think, I don't know if it's fragrance free. I know it's paraben free, which I mean, I'm sure it's not perfect, but that's, Better but it's better. Exactly. Baby steps, <laughs> you know, there's still steps. And um, I think that it's it's great to see that coming out. And that's to my point on seeing it in uh, bigger box stores or with bigger brands. Um, it just makes it more accessible to people because not everyone has, you know, a Whole Foods down the street or even a farmer's market available to them. Um, if it's in these big box chains, then, you know, it it can be spread out across the country and more people have access. Yeah. And and that's actually one thing too, that's really great about, I used to shop there a lot when I was in chiropractic school, because it was like one of the only like options close, especially when I was on a budget was Walmart. They actually have a lot of organic produce, you know? And so, I mean, that's great that they have that because a lot of people shop at Walmart and if they have it and it's, they can have it at an affordable rate. I mean, it's nice to see that stores are, are, coming, you know, coming out with things like that. And I know that sometimes it's harder for people to find cleaner brands at certain stores like Target or Walmart, but if they can just kind of take that list and just kind of have that in their phone or their pocket so they can be their own detective, right? Because I get messages all the time and I'm sure you do too. What, like they'll send me a picture of a product. What about this product? What about this product? Yep. What about this product? I think that you and I are both pretty clear in this fact that like we're here so that you can make your own decision. What might be clean for me might not be clean for you or what I might decide that I can get over this one ingredient because of all the other benefits that it's going to give me. Right. Like there's a few different medical grade options that I use that, you know, it might have one ingredient that might not be super clean for somebody, but to me, the risk outweighs the benefit. 
or the risk, the benefit outweighs the risk, risk. I cannot speak. So that's okay for me. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you what is perfect. I'm telling you, or I want to teach you how that you can be your own advocate so that you can make a decision on whether it's clean for you or not. And I'm sure, I'm sure you get those questions a lot, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, most of the women I, I speak with, um, and I'm so glad that they reach out to me because then I can help to guide them. Exactly. Um, most of them are, you know, interested in using cleaner beauty products or kitchen products or just limiting their toxin exposure as a whole, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily know where to start. Yeah. Um, and this is why I'm so passionate about just holistic health in general, because it's not, it's not just, you know, the products we use and everything like that. It really is our whole body. How are we functioning? How are we moving? What are we eating? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? That's an important um, one. Yeah. And, you know, our friendships, the friendships that we keep, our community, it plays such an important role in, in our well-being. Um, and that's why, you know, I named my company In On Around because it really, it really is what you put in your body, on your body and around your body. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true. It's so true. Let's go in quick to some kitchen stuff. Um, that's a big question that I get. I know you had mentioned Pyrex containers for plastics, right? I used to think of all the time that I would meal prep and we had like all these plastic containers and then we switched to plastic. A bunch of people always ask me, oh, what about the plastic containers that come on the Pyrex? And I say, don't worry about that because most of the time that's that shouldn't really be in contact with your food because your food would be under it. And I'm not putting that in the dishwasher. I'm not heating that up. I, that's my right. personal opinion. I mean, I've never found a container that's glass all around. I'm okay with a plastic Pyrex top as long as what my food is in contact with is glass. Right. We, dr- we drink mainly out of, you know, glass mason jars. Maybe we have like, we have like a few stainless steel cups, you know, we don't use plastic cups. We don't use BPA free cups. Right. Um, in terms of cooking, I pretty much just use stainless steel and cast iron. Um, mm-hmm. what, are, what are, what are we missing? What are some other like kitchen swaps, especially since if we're cooking all this healthy food, we want to make sure we're getting the most out of it. So what are, what are right. some additional kind of things that people can focus on in the kitchen? I think you hit the nail on the head with the plastic. If you're moving away from plastic and switching to glass or stainless steel, that in itself is a huge step. And it's not just the food containers. It's also um, like your coffee cups. Um, That's a big one Mm -hmm. too, especially because you're putting hot liquids in it and using it pretty much every day if you're drinking coffee or or tea. Um, And I also talk about uh, on my blog, uh, non-toxic coffee makers, um, non-toxic tea kettles. Those are also things that not a lot of people think about, but if there's plastic in those machines and you're using hot water, that plastic can and likely will leach into your drink. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love using, a, there's many on online, but um, a glass tea kettle um, mm-hmm. or even ones that you put on the stove. Um, there are so many options that you can easily switch to. And again, it's not like you have to go and throw out your, your tea kettle right now or throw out, you know, everything at once. It's the next time you need to buy a coffee maker or a tea kettle and your your budget affords it, just opt for something that is plastic free or that uses stainless steel or glass um, because that is less likely to leach into your food. Yeah, no, absolutely. The coffee is a big one, especially I think of all the people who drink Keurig uh, or Nespresso. I mean, yeah. we have, we had an espresso thing and I, we use it very, very, very sparingly now just because I like to make coffee fresh, organic ground and, you know, use it that way. But those are, those things are leaching. You know, the plastic Keurig right. is filtering hot, piping hot water through it. Right. And you it's know, and- super, you know, unenvironmentally friendly. It is not, it is not good for the environment whatsoever because all of those pods are just now in landfills yep. and it's going to take thousands of years for them to degrade. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to use, we have like a reusable mesh container that we use for our grounds and then I'll put the grounds in the garden or I'll throw them in our compost because it's actually really good for the soil. It returns mm-hmm. a lot of nitrogen to the soil, which is really good for healthy plants and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, coffee is a big one. I mean, I just how you start your day is is incredibly, incredibly important. And that's that's an easy, healthy swap for people. I think they love the convenience of it. 
um, you know, mm-hmm. just being able to stick a pod and, and a machine and be able to drink from it. But I mean, just kind of think of, of the constant exposure that you could be getting to, to plastics. It's pretty, right. pretty crazy. Exactly. And especially for children too. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not to shame anyone in any way whatsoever if you're using plastics uh, or like plastic, you know, lunch boxes or food containers with your kids. Um, but switching to sustainable um, stainless steel lunch boxes or the, mm-hmm. I know they have ones that are uh pre-cut so that you can have like different boxes for um like kids snacks and that you can easily throw into a lunchbox um just opting for something that is of safer material and it, it really is not going to change your routine all that much you're still putting the hot food into a lunchbox instead of just putting it in plastic or putting it in stainless steel yeah exactly no and it's and I mean, I definitely get that it's it's a lot to think about, and I just hope that people find this information very informative, but not overwhelming. Because I even feel right. I even feel overwhelmed. Like, oh my gosh, furniture! Oh my gosh, sheets! Oh my gosh, towels! You know, all these things. Um, but it has definitely this has probably been a three to four year journey for us. I mean, for me, I really got into this when I was on my own hormone journey. Otherwise I wouldn't have batted an eye at what makeup I used, what skincare I was using, or even if that had a correlation to the hormonal issues I was having. I didn't think of stuff like that until I really was desperate to do whatever I could to clean up our lifestyle. And then obviously with my mom's cancer journey, non-toxic living became an even bigger thing. Oh my gosh, I have to share right. this. You will love this. Well, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> I, had a, I had a call the other day, uh, last week, I think, with someone and she was saying that her mom was diagnosed with cancer last year. At her mom's cancer appointment, she was given a list of chemicals to avoid or, you know, to- things to, like products to avoid because of chemicals. And the daughter mm-hmm. was incredibly irate and angry. She's like, why on earth is this not told to people before they get cancer? Right. Like, why does it take getting a cancer diagnosis to be like, oh, you know what? That deodorant you used probably shouldn't be putting near armpits where you've got the biggest collection of lymph nodes now that you have cancer. Right. You know what I mean? And like, that's just so crazy to me that, and that's, I think, just a huge thing that you and I are passionate about is that we don't want it to get to a a diagnosis like that for people to start caring. You know, it shouldn't get to a diagnosis of hormonal disruption of any, of any sort or infertility for people to start being like, okay, I'm ready. Like I want people to listen to this episode and be like, I feel okay, but I'm ready to start making changes because I don't want ever to get to that point. Right. Absolutely. And there's thousands of chemicals that are allowed on the marketplace and very few have actually been tested for safety. And I know that in the U S we pretty much have like a reactive um, effect where there needs to be studies to show after the fact that it's yep. been harmful. <laughs> There's already have to, you know, there has to be people that have been harmed or, you know, that their lives have changed uh, because of those chemicals before they even pull it off, off the market. Yep. Um, but we're really only hovering over like 11 or so ingredient classes that, um, that the U S government has banned when the EU has banned over 1300. Yep. So it, it just is mind blowing. And going to this whole, I guess, theme of this podcast of not to feel overwhelmed um what people can really do is just go into your kitchen cabinet go into your personal care products just find one product that you have to buy anyway you're probably going to go to the store and get a new shampoo or, or whatever the case is just focus on that one product what can you do with that one product to make it better and then over time like you said it can be a couple years to make these conscious changes but those small changes, they really, really add up. And it's something very simple where, you know, you can still be using a lotion. You don't have to, you know, cut that out completely. You can still have, you know, fragrance in the home. You don't have to cut that out. But it's using pure essential oils. It's using yep. lotions without parabens and phthalates. And um, it's just making those tiny changes to, you know, make such a difference in your life. Totally. I, and I know that people, people are very, we need things to smell good. We need our laundry to have a smell. I remember my grandma told me that she's like, I can't smell your laundry. I'm like, mama, it's because, <laughs> because that's it's the point. Clean and it just doesn't have a smell. Right. Um, 
I, I think that that's super important and people want a smell. Like you walk into somebody's house and it's like, poof, it's like overload of smell. Right. I mean, and I get it. Like I sometimes really look forward to lighting an essential oil candle or diffusing some high quality essential oils. I always have them going in my practice. You know, I, I just, I like it because it's cleansing the air. It's, it's therapeutic in its own way, but I'm, I'm choosing a safer way to get a fragrance instead of, you know, a plug-in, which I used to love those plugins, but actually, um, one of my patients, she makes coconut oil. She uses coconut oil and then puts essential oil in them for her. You know, those little plugins that kind of are like the dip, the melt, the wax or whatever. Right. Right. I was like, Oh my God, that's brilliant. So you can still have the things that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You just can have a health. It's just swapping something for something better. Absolutely. And I do want to point out too, that all of this may come fairly easy for us because we're aware of like why we should be making these changes and, and the science behind it. Um, but change really can only be made if you're educated on the topic or that you're actually aware of why you should be making a change. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up, I was using, you know, the, the toxic perfumes and all the lotions and it's, you know, not a care in the world. Cause I, I just assumed that they were safe. I didn't even think about it, mm-hmm. but now that we know that it's not safe, that's why it's even more important to, to tell others and continue to spread the word because, um, you know, making these simple swaps, they they have such a, an impact on your health long term and your family's health. And um, to your point on fragrance, you know, I love putting just a pot of water on my on my stove and throwing in some cinnamon and nutmeg or and then just letting it boil mm. and your your whole house will smell like Christmas. It's amazing. And that's completely non-toxic. Yeah, totally. I love that. I love that. And so, okay. So for, in terms of education, um, I have a podcast also on ingredients. I will find it and I'll make sure I link it so that people can go back. Cause I list a big majority of ingredients that I would personally limit. And so you can take notes. Oh, that's episode 40. If you want to go back and listen to that, what are some ways or what are some sources of information uh, you know, I know you cited the EWG. I love that. I love the EWG. I love their healthy living app. What are some other places that people can go if they want to learn more about all this stuff? Definitely. Um, EWG is a great place to start. They have the Skin Deep database, which I absolutely love. Um, the Think Dirty app is also a great reference. Uh, I would also say that. What do you feel just... about the Think Dirty app being brought out, bought out by Procter and Gamble? Well. <laughs> That's definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, who who you're getting your information from and how that information is going to change. So maybe don't yeah, use Think Dirty I, then if they were bought out. Yeah, I I had someone send me something from Think Dirty and they had listened to my podcast and they were like, it's giving it a really clean rating, but it has fragrance in it. I'm like, yeah, that's because right. they own, Think Dirty owns that company that, right. that, that they were giving it a clean rating for. Right, and these apps... They're a great place to start, but they're yeah. definitely not the, the full picture. Like when I first started in the non-toxic world, EWG, it was amazing to me because I, I didn't even know that fragrance could be an issue at the time. Mm-hmm. But now that we know, you know, there, there are, at least in my ebook, over 68 different classes that you should avoid. It's the talcs, it's the sodium PCA, the, the disodium EDTA, the carbon black, coal tar, all of these things that they may have a, a okay rating on these databases, but in reality, um, you should still be very preventative and just make sure that you're limiting this because it really compounds too. Cause you may just be using, you know, a face lotion that has, um, you know, nanomaterials in it or, um, quats in it. And then you're also doing the same thing for your body lotion and your shampoo and conditioner. And then we also don't know how these chemicals are all interacting with each other because we're using so many at once. Right. Um, yeah. It's just taking a, a full big picture approach and to continue to learn more. I know we provide information. I have a blog as well, but Instagram and uh, even Pinterest, um, really the internet. We have so much information at our our fingertips and it's following different qualified practitioners like naturopathic uh, doctors or um, other people who have been in the industry for a while and just 
picking their brains, hearing what they have to say, um, always having an open mind and seeing, you know, how can I, how can I better what I'm using on a, on a daily basis? What can I change? What can I consciously change and who can I support um, to do that? That's really one of the best ways that you can learn more about, um, about the industry as a whole, because, yeah. and you know, it's, it's overwhelming, but just finding people who are there to guide you um, and just taking those baby steps. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as you were chatting, I, I, I get a kick out of when people, I get why people are so confused on where to get their information, right? Because, you know, I talk a lot about bloating and hor- like hormone issues and how PMS and bloating don't have to be normal. And then they go to Google and then they say, oh my gosh, why is Google telling me one thing? And I'm usually not a fan of Google, but I just type in, is fragrance harmful? The first two that pop up, fragrances are highly toxic. Fragrances contain phthalates, which are chemicals that are linked or that help the scents last longer. Health risks for phthalates are startling and include cancer, human reproductive and developmental toxicity, endocrine disruption, birth defects, and respiratory problems. That's the first article that pops up. Second one, why is fragrance so bad? The EWG found that 75% of products that list fragrance contain hormone-disrupting chemicals, phthalates, and then they talk about how it lasts longer, various health conditions such as reduced sperm count, liver and breast cancers, uh, reproductive malformation, and even diabetes, which that's crazy. So I mean, usually I'm not a fan of Google, but in that sense, the answer is right there. Right. I mean, yeah, I want, I, and I don't want that to just be confirmation bias because that's obviously agreeing with what we say, but there are some things where I think for the most part, I don't, I don't even know how you could back and say fragrance is helpful. Like, I don't even know how in any way, shape or form it would be beneficial. Right. And it's just really unnecessary. And like you said, when, when you were um, switching, um, the deodorants, you can still use deodorant. It just needs, <laughs> it just needs to be with a healthier fragrance or a transparent um, fragrance with a transparent company. And it's not like you have to completely ditch all products and just go, oh, natural. That's not, that's not it. Um, you can still use products, just use safer products. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. And I hope that people walk away from this conversation feeling super empowered, super just ready to, if they haven't already been on this non-toxic journey, ready to start kind of making some just really simple changes because these changes really, really, really can go a long way. So, um, again, thank you so much for coming on. This is such a fun conversation. We, you know, I knew that we would go in so many different directions and, but you know, the theme always being empowerment around knowing what is in your environment, what's on your body, what's in your food. And, um, you know, maybe sometime we can do a whole episode just designated to food because I know that's overwhelming in itself, but I know today we focused more on personal care products, right. just no. as important. Um, but tell people where they can find you, how they can connect with you. I know you have an ebook. Right. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. I feel like we can talk about this for like five hours straight. Oh, easily. Um, <laughs> to your point, it's definitely about empowerment and just taking control of your health and what you can control, not feeling overwhelmed, but uh, just moving forward with an open mind, um, continuing to learn the new you know, science that's coming out and just continuing to trust your body, trust any symptoms you have and try to find the root cause of those symptoms. Um, but you can find me on my website. It's in on around.org. Um, I have a shop on there, my blog as well, where I post uh, every single week. And as I mentioned, you can find my clean beauty checklist ebook on my site as well. I promise you that this book will pretty much change the whole way that you shop for personal care products. Um, and then I also recommend listeners to sign up for my email newsletter. And this is where you can easily stay up to date on any new articles or any new offerings that may be coming. And I have a lot of exciting things that are coming down the pike. So um, I'm excited to share those at that time. But um, on top of that, you can follow me on Instagram at in on around or on Pinterest. I'm active on both of those. Ooh, Pinterest. That's fun. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I know. I love, I love your Instagram posts. They're incredibly helpful. Thank you. Um, Same to you. Well, thank you. And you know, it's, I definitely appreciate other content creators because it takes time. It takes time to 
think about what you want to say. And it's not like we are just saying things willy nilly. There's research that goes behind what we say and we want things to be concise and actionable. And so I definitely just, I also just think of like, what, what an amazing time that we live that there's this much free information accessible to people. Right. Through podcasts, through posts, through blogs. I mean, it's incredible. I can't remember there being this many, you know, I wish there was this many when I started my journey. Maybe there was, and I just didn't find them. But I just think for people who are open and receptive to changing their health and their lifestyle, they have an abundance of places they can go and, you know, research and do their do their own uh, due diligence, which is phenomenal. Exactly. Yep. Everything's really right at our fingertips. We just have to be open to it, keep an open mind. Um, and it's it's so rewarding to just you know, even just impact one person or one family and just help them reduce their toxin exposure um, or help them learn how to eat healthier or to, you know, spot greenwashing and and all of that. It's just, it is so rewarding. Like you said, it's a lot of work, um, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Same, same. Cause we're, we're, you know, making a difference hopefully on people's health one person at a time If whoever's reading and implementing or, listening and implementing. I mean, that's a really cool feeling to know like how many people we could potentially impact. And that's what makes me easily rest my head against my pillow at the end of the night and know that hopefully, you know, I'm using my voice for nothing but good. And if it's a really, really cool feeling. Completely. And I know you probably feel the same. So thank you so much. I, I will definitely have to have you back on because I feel like you said we could talk for five hours. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me again and for all of the amazing work that, uh, that you're doing on a daily basis. Of course.